Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Happy to be back in the saddle once again after the Christmas break. And we got a few things for you today. APAS President Ian Boxall looked back on 2023 and what he's looking forward to when the calendar flips to 2024. And we'll hear from Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskAgToday.com, Kevin Hirsch, as he provided his takes on various topics from the latest Sask Ag Today Roundtable. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young. Saskag today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water. Fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. 2023 was a good year for the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. President Ian Boxall believes so, as he reflected on the past 12 months. We did a strategic plan, and we started a governance review after 23 years, try to reset that foundation moving forward so we have good governance and good policies moving forward. So things look good for the future of APAS, absolutely. He went on to say membership has gone up a bit. The 135 RMs that we have in now want to be a part of it, believe in what we do, believe in what the membership does. So I think that's important that the membership is voluntary. But we'll continue to work on recruitment of new RMs, and as long as we continue to do good work, hopefully they see the value. This year had its fair share of issues grabbing headlines, such as Bill C-234, the carbon tax exemption for grain drying and heating and cooling barns. The bill received approval from MPs in the House of Commons earlier this year, but its momentum was stalled by senators who debated for months about its necessity. The Senate added two amendments to the bill, removing barn heating and cooling from the exemption and reducing the sunset clause from eight years to three, and it returned to the House of Commons for further debate. While disappointed, Boxall says Bill 234 is not dead yet. I do believe that the amendments that the Senate made on taking out the heating and cooling of barns and greenhouses out of that bill changes the intent, so we'll see how that plays out here in the new year when they start sitting again. But, yeah, disappointment in that. I uh, I think it was a little bit of relief that producers could have had. You know, it's only one facet of the carbon tax. We pay carbon tax on absolutely everything we buy and, and our rail freight and all of that, and it really starts to add up, and it would have just been one little reprieve for farmers to have. 
The year also saw food costs remain high, and that eventually led to the release of the Farmer and Food Price Report at the APAS annual general meeting this month. I think the farmer's share of the food dollar was an interesting study we did this year and seeing exactly how increased commodity prices affected grocery store prices. That was a, you know, a lot of work that went into that report that we released here in December. And, and the livestock summer report that we did in, this, in the spring, released midsummer there, a lot of great things in that report. We're just working on what are the next steps. What does the livestock sector need to succeed? And, and we're just working with other groups and determining what those are so we can get working on that for 2024. Ian Boxall is the president of APAS. After the break, we're going to hear what Boxall is looking forward to in the new year. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. We're back with Sask Ag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program, and we're back with Ian Boxall, president of APAS, who before the break reflected on the year that was 2023, from drought to Bill C-234, and a pair of reports released by the organization, shifting the focus to 2024. Boxall noted helping the livestock sector improve next year is going to be a focus for APAS. It's just nailing down what are those next steps? What are the things that we need to ask for? What are the solutions we need to see to make that sector thrive, right? And as we drive around the province and see more and more grain being grown behind fences, it shows that it isn't working right now. And let's be honest, grain production doesn't work in the province without a thriving livestock sector to get rid of our feed grains. We need the livestock sector to thrive, and I want it to thrive, and we need to find what those solutions are. So that'll be some of what we work on in 2024 to try to identify what those are and, and see if we can move the needle on those issues. I think we need to ensure that there's policies in place that helps them along, whether it be, you know, BRM, maybe we can, there's some improvements we can make in the BRM suite of programs for livestock producers. We've heard the federal government talk a lot about the importance of native and tame grasslands, and yet they don't seem to want to recognize that as environmental good. And, and maybe we need to continue to push that issue along that, if you want the livestock sector and if you believe that the grasslands are good, then maybe they need paid for that. Maybe they need paid for keeping that in that. And all of a sudden, maybe that makes a difference in the profitability of cow-calf and of the livestock sector. So I think there's some things we need to work on. We need to have been working on it all the time. We just want to make sure that when we go to government or to other industry people that we know what we're asking for. And that's what we're having. You know, we need to get working on dialing down what those solutions are. Weather is another focus in 2024. This year had drought conditions across parts of western Canada, especially in many areas of Saskatchewan, where the provincial government had to pay farmers around $2 billion through support programs. Despite that, Boxall remains optimistic for next year and adds you can't be pessimistic in this line of work. Grain farmers have crop insurance and have some tools available to them, and, and we'll continue to have conversations with crop insurance on that and on improvements to the program but you know neil we've never lost a crop in december yet so i think farmers are optimistic that we'll get a blanket of snow here before march and that those areas that have had long-standing drought in southwest and you know around dundurn and saskatoon that they get the moisture they require and we'll be optimistic going into spring that it'll be the best crop we've ever grown yeah well we wouldn't do it if we were if we were pessimistic and everything was bad we there's no way you'd go into spring and spend the Billions of dollars that are spent to put the crop in in this province. There's no way farmers would do it if we were pessimistic. So I think come May 1st, it'll be an 
positive attitude for farmers in Saskatchewan. The final thing Boxall is keeping an eye on is what the Canadian Grain Commission does in 2024. I think we'll continue to watch the Grain Act review and we'll continue to monitor the work at the CGC. We saw them try to push some stuff around this year that producer groups and producers were not happy with. And thanks to a collective lobby, we got that change. So I think we'll continue to watch the Grains Act review and the, and the CGC. I, I think we'll continue to push for standardized grain contracts. I think that's something that producers have asked for and I think it's something that the industry needs. If this isn't precedent setting, we have standardized contracts when it comes to buying farm equipment, when it comes to buying a new car, they're the same no matter where you go. So I think we'll continue to push that agenda. I think that's something that could give producers a little bit of protection when they're signing grain contracts. The chief commissioner of the CGC, Doug Chorney, had his tenure extended to the end of April while a search for his replacement continues. Boxall will observe that, but is more focused on the CGC regaining the trust of farmers. At the end of the day, the Grain Commission is there for the protection of producers. And I think they lost a little bit of that with trying to change the export standards this year. And we need to ensure that they get back to representing what the mandate of the Grain Commission is, which is producer protection. Ian Boxall is the president of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next is today's Ag Review. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karstoldings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and My Grain Exchange. Ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. Spring wheat bids in Western Canada were mostly lower during the weekend of December 21st, as strength in the Canadian dollar and losses in the United States futures weighed on values. Average Canada Western Red Spring 13.5% wheat prices were down by a dollar to $4.90 per metric ton across the prairies, according to price quotes from a cross-section of delivery points compiled by PDQ. Average prices ranged from $311.30 per metric ton in southeastern Saskatchewan to as high as $334 per metric ton in southern Alberta. Quoted basis levels varied from location to location and ranged from $48.90 to $71.60 per metric ton above the futures. When using the grain company methodology of quoting the basis as a difference between the U.S. dollar-denominated futures, and the Canadian dollar cash bids. Canada's larger barley crop in 2023-24 should see more of the grain move into feed channels than the year before, but domestic usage will remain curtailed by large corn imports from the United States. Recently revised supply and demand tables from Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada raised the forecast for domestic barley usage in the current crop year to 6.155 million metric tons. That compares with an earlier forecast of 5.471 million metric tons. If realized, that would be up by roughly 200,000 tons from the previous year. Meanwhile, AAFC lowered their estimate for corn imports to 2.5 million metric tons from an earlier forecast of 2.8 million tons. 
That would still be up from the 2.147 million tons imported in 2022-23, but well below the record 6.141 million metric tons of corn imported in 2021-22 when Canadian feed supplies were decimated by drought. Prior to the drought year, Canadian corn imports had rarely topped 2 million metric tons, with a five-year average of about 1.7 million tons annually from 2016-17 through 2020-21. CN and CPKC Rail supplied a combined 99% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 20, an improvement from the 95% order fulfillment performance seen the previous week, and matching the best combined performance of the year last seen in week 16. The improvement in performance reflects improved performance for each of CN and CPKC. In supplying 99% of cars ordered by shippers in week 20, CN saw performance improve slightly from the 98% order fulfillment performance they posted in week 19. CN performance remains above the 90% performance threshold for the second consecutive week and the fourth time in the last five weeks. CPKC performance also improved with the railway supplying 99% of shipper orders in week 20, an improvement from the 93% order fulfillment performance posted the previous week. CPKC performance remains above the 90% threshold for the ninth consecutive week. The United States reopened two rail crossings between Texas and Mexico on Friday, five days after their closure in response to increased migrant traffic cut off a key export route. The closures had prompted alarm from railroads, the agriculture industry, and some lawmakers over the economic impact to halted export trade. Growers representing U.S. corn, milk, rice and soybean producers, among others, this week estimated that every day the crossings were closed, almost one million bushels of grain exports are potentially lost, along with export potential for many other agricultural products. The Biden administration last Monday had closed the trade routes due to increased migrant crossings. The U.S. Border Patrol apprehended about 10,800 migrants at the southwest border on Monday, according to an internal agency report reviewed by Reuters, with several current and former officials saying that was near or at a single-day record high. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather, and Phil, looking at the forecast for the remainder of this year, it looks like we're about to get more of the same as we had over the last few weeks. Yeah, you know, it's remarkable to see a pattern like this lasting so long uh, this time of year, but here we are uh, still in the above-normal temperatures and seeing really no sign of them breaking down in the in the near future, even looking ahead into the new year, first couple of days at least, we stay with this pattern. There are some signs of things changing, you know, a little later on in the week. So I guess things get back to normal 
pretty quickly in the new year, but at the very least, through the holiday weekend, uh, through the start of next week, we're going to stay mild. Likely, most of the time, below freezing, but still well above normal. Sunshine today, we should be above freezing for at least a short time, around one degree. Wind has been pretty light, picking up just into the 10 to 20 range through the afternoon. Mainly clear sky tonight, down to minus 10. And for tomorrow, abundant sunshine, the high five. That's our warmest day of this stretch, five degrees tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow night, a very mild night, though, too. We'll only get down to minus five for the low. A bit more of a wind will start to pick up, west and northwest, 15 to 25. And as it turns around, temperatures are still mild. We'll be close to that five. and then come up just short on Friday, looking for four. That may be optimistic. Maybe it's three. But either way, we are above freezing on Friday. As the wind turns around, though, and really starts to pull in some cooler air, We'll drop a little more on Saturday. What's happening basically is there's a cold air mass to our south. It's sitting right over the center of the U.S. It's blocking the entire pattern. To the north of it, it's warmer. To the east, to the west, to the south, it's warmer. It's just this cold air mass sitting right there. It's been pulling moisture around. We did see some pretty active weather on the north side of that storm, but it's all one big block. As it moves eastward by Friday, it'll start to get absorbed back into the main pattern. We'll see that the identity of that upper-level low breakdown. That will allow the entire pattern to sort of shift back toward reality. Still not quite cold, but back toward reality. That gets us back below freezing for the weekend. Mostly sunny, though, Saturday and Sunday. Temperatures just in negative territory around minus 2, minus 3 degrees both days. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for the period are around minus 10. Normal lows, minus 22 degrees. Sun rose at 8.59 this morning, and the sun will set at 5.01 late this afternoon. Taking a look around the province, in Saskatoon, minus 3. Swift Current is at plus 1. Cinnaboya also at 1 degree. Yorkton and Melville, minus 1. Mooseman, 0. Estevan, minus 4. And Weyburn, minus 2 degrees. The warm spot in the province is in Cypress Hills at 5.8 degrees. And the cold spot in Stony Rapids at minus 13.1. In the Queen City, it is a... Mainly sunny sky, winds from the west at 13 kilometers an hour, humidity 74%, temperature minus 2 or 29 Fahrenheit, and the barometric pressure is at 102.4 and rising. Down the road in Moose Jaw, partly cloudy, northwest wind at 13, temperature plus 1. Again in Regina, mainly sunny, west wind at 13, temperature minus 2 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience, mcdougalauction.com. And Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter, Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The latest SaskAgToday.com roundtable has touched on a number of topics. Chief Agricultural Editor Kevin Hirsch began by talking about the two major Canadian railways exceeding their maximum revenue caps, resulting in funding for the Western Grains Research Foundation. It seems to be a perennial thing. They don't seem to want to leave uh, any money on the table under the maximum revenue entitlement. It makes you wonder if there wasn't a maximum revenue entitlement, it makes it pretty clear which way grain freight rates would go. But both were over by give or take three and a half million dollars. I have to add a 5% penalty to that. So Western Grains Research Foundation will be receiving about $7.2 million uh, to put towards research funding. And that's a 
many farm organizations sit around that table deciding on uh, funding uh, initiatives from Western Grains Research Foundation. There is some talk that maybe that money shouldn't go to Western Grains Research Foundation, but very difficult to distribute it back to the people that actually paid freight rates. So nobody's ever come up with a, a different or better uh, way of doing it. So certainly Western Grains Research Foundation continues to have quite a kitty of money to draw interest from to fund research projects. He says the railways don't seem to mind paying out every year. Yeah, and you know, the, the thing is, it's I think it was about a billion dollars each that they took from uh, for handling grain transportation. And this is not a, a lot of people look at this and say, oh, it's a rate cap. Well, it's not a rate cap, it's a revenue cap. So it's adjusted yearly for both grain volume and inflation factors. So it, it keeps going up. So each railway earned about a billion dollars from grain transportation. So I suppose they consider it just a small rounding error to be three and a half million dollars over their revenue cap and you know certainly didn't leave any any stone unturned to to be under their revenue cap and not earning that amount of money. On another topic, Hirsch commented on the sale of Borgo Industries to Linamar Corporation for six hundred forty million dollars. Certainly it, it continues to happen and I, I would think that nothing is going to change for Borgo employees in, in the near term. I've had the pleasure of touring that plant at St. Brew a, a, a few times. Very modern, up-to-date plant. It's like they're not going to be moving that anytime soon. But it's interesting, the company that bought Borgo is Linamar, and you might say, oh, who's Linamar? But probably people recognize Macdon Industries. Macdon is a big, a large manufacturing plant in Winnipeg that makes combine headers. So Linamar took over um, Macdon a few years ago and they also own the Salford brand so they, they now own Borgo Industries which is the, the number one seating equipment company in, in Western Canada with a huge international presence but yeah we've we've seen lots of this also this week you know Borgo was a surprise nobody really knew they were for sale at least I certainly didn't uh, so this came out of the blue but uh, Bueller Industries of Winnipeg, the, the maker of uh, versatile tractors, has been long looking for somebody to uh, partner with it and, and take uh, over the shares owned by Russian interests. And that was announced this week that uh, they had found a, a sale for that. And it's a, a Turkish tractor company that's going to take over for uh, uh, Bueller Industries or become the major shareholder of Bueller Industries. <laughs> Personally, I actually uh, heaved a bit of a sigh of re relief. I run a versatile 435 tractor. I was not very happy with uh, you know, the, the Russian connection there or the fear that Bueller Industries may not be a, an ongoing entity. So happy to see that their future looks more stable. Kevin Hirsch is the Chief Agricultural Editor for SaskAgToday.com. And coming up next after the break is a little agronomy update from a senior canola agronomist with Nutrien. You're listening to Saskag today on 620 CKRM. You're tuned in to Saskag today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. 
A senior canola agronomist with Nutrien says we have a pretty good handle on three of the four R's for optimum fertilizer application. Lyle Kowal says there is a lot of information on the right product, the right time, and the right place. The weak point is the right rate. I think we need to do some more boring correlation work to better understand our soil tests that we are using relative to potential responses in the field. We need the field truth soil tests a lot better. Before we take steps towards developing new methods of measuring nutrients in soil, we need to understand what those numbers that we measure mean in terms of responses. There's no value in developing a new soil test if you don't have the time to take to go out into a field and field truth it. We need to, as I said, look at long-term rotational balance of, of nutrients. And that's true for every nutrient, particularly true for relatively insoluble nutrients like phosphorus and potassium. I think there's plenty to be understood in the organic matter cycling, uh, in particular for organic, uh, organic phosphorus cycling. And we are in a point right now as well that I think a lot of people in this room could start to help in terms of field truth and responses with the technology that we now have at our fingertips in using field strips and soil testing and benchmark sampling, targeted sampling, uh, targeted measurement of yield responses that we could perhaps extract thousands, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of data points in terms of responses. Lyle Kowal is a Nutrien Senior Canola Agronomist based in Tisdale. Coming up next is today's market update. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were down in early trading today. Canola is down 70 cents to $600 and 2 cents a metric ton. Number one red spring wheat is down $4.15 at 30650. The rest were unchanged. Durham 446.92, feed barley 257.58, chickpeas 1168.44, flax 631.04, lentils 779.50, oats 286.32, yellow peas 464.54, and feed wheat 233.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is down nine and three quarters cents to seven dollars and nineteen and a half cents a bushel. Up next is the livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now here are the livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of December 19th. Our last regular sale was on December 6th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.26 to $1.48. D3 cows sold from $1 to $1.20. Counter cows sold from $0.80 to $1.00. Half rats sold from $1.75 to $2.15, and good butcher bulls sold from $1.45 to $1.65. We had a bread cow, cow sale here on Friday. Good dispersal cows sold from $2,600 to $3,200. Mid-age dispersal cows sold from $2,000 to $2,500, and non-dispersal cows sold for butcher price. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle and the prices too. 
The latest pork prices are at $163.22 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. There's reason for optimism for Saskatchewan's uranium mining sector. According to data from UXC, uranium prices are at a 16-year high and up more than 80% this year. And prices could go even higher due to an undersupplied market. Global uranium demand is expected to be around 175 million pounds, while supply is around 144 million pounds, according to estimates from Sprott Asset Management. Meanwhile, there are growing calls in Washington to sanction Russia's uranium sector since it's been largely unaffected by the sanctions. Russia is a key player in the global nuclear market, controlling 38% of the world's uranium conversion and 46% of uranium enrichment. On the markets, the TSX is up 167 points to 21,048. The Dow is up 75 points to 37,621. Oil is down $1.18 at $74.39 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at $75.70 U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand SaskAg Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's going to do it for Sask Egg today on this Wednesday. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.